0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot.
0: Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's com
1: slash special offer. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
2: Radio, part of the
3: Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network.
0: And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello everybody and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matthew Kanata, joined here by Joshua Houts and Aaron Sutton. The Miami Dolphins continuing their exciting offseason thus far, traveling around the United States and interviewing different head coach candidates over the past several days and over this past weekend. Starting off with Brian Flores, the linebackers coach and de facto defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, followed up by an interview with Eric Bieniemy from the Kansas City Chiefs, the offensive coordinator there. Then a surprise interview down in New Orleans to talk to Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints, the defensive coordinator there. Stop in Dallas to interview Chris Richard the Dallas Cowboys secondary coach and de facto defensive coordinator. Mike Munchak did not want to interview with the Dolphins. He has his eyes are set on the Denver Broncos and the Dolphins elected not to interview Vic Fangio. So at this point in time, the Miami Dolphins candidates are down to the following Brian Flores, Eric Bieniemy, Dennis Allen, Chris Richard, and Darren Rizzi. Based on everything that's been reported over the past few days on various media outlets, the Three Yards Per Carry podcast also reporting that Chris Richard expected to get a second interview. Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald reporting that Dan, Brian Flores expected to get a second interview. Went so far as to even saying that Flores might be at the top of the Dolphins' wish list. And Darren Rizzi still set to interview but it is presumed that he will be automatically shooed in to the second round of interviews as the first round mainly used to get to know the guy, who he is and what he does and what he's all about. And the dolphins having Darren Rizzi in the building for 10 plus years, know exactly who that man is. So really no sense in having that first interview. So I can safely presume that it is down to three candidates. I'll go a step further and presume that it's down to Brian Flores and Chris Richard, I have a working theory on that, but I do want to bring in Sutton and Houtz to give their opinions on the coaching search thus far. We've seen some action around the NFL in terms of coaching moves already. We've seen the Green Bay Packers, kind of a surprise hire, a weird hire, taking the Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur. Tampa Bay Buccaneers announcing Bruce Arians coming back to the sideline. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch with him and James Winston. And the surprise of, of it all, Arizona Cardinals interviewing Cliff Kingsbury hiring him on the same exact day. Several vacancies still remain in effect, such as the Bengals, such as the Broncos, the Browns, the Jets, and the Miami Dolphins, of course. Obviously, those teams hoping to wrap up their coaching searches as soon as they possibly can. So this episode of Finnside Radio will be all about the Miami Dolphins coaching search, the very latest, and what we know and what we can tell you. Sutton Houts, it's been a whirlwind of a few days. It's exciting almost, and I'm Caught myself today reminding myself to enjoy the process, to enjoy the moment that we're in right now because we know the offseason is coming and we know it's going to be dead. So as long as the Dolphins are relevant and we're talking about them in an exciting fashion, I think everything is just fine right now.
3: I enjoy connecting the dots just as much as anybody else. You know, it's going to be way more important what the staff ends up looking like big picture you know kind of as a as a singular organism so to speak instead of just the head coach obviously the head coach is important but the guys that the head coach brings in is also very important it does seem like a three-person race I will say it's probably a two-person race in my opinion I will root (laughs) I will root my ass off for Darren Rizzi if he ends up getting the job I just Don't think he will. Um, So I really think it's going to be a battle between Chris Richard and Brian Flores. And I think both those guys, those young guys who uh, Flores knows our team and Richard would like him coming in, working with our secondary. So they both have some pros and they're young enough that even if they end up being this Lee Harvey Oswald fall guy, Patsy sort of figure for us, they could weather that storm and obviously if we present any type of tanking any semblance of tanking next year those guys would definitely get a a second head coaching job just in the interview it would be so obvious that their first gig went to crap because it was supposed to so we'll see how those things shake out but i i can see myself getting on board with any three of those candidates but really i think it's just going to be two
2: from an overall head coaching perspective, I mean, some of these signings have just been head-scratching. I mean, Kannada touched on the floor to Green Bay, Kingsbury today to Arizona. I mean, these are guys who, I mean, sure they can become something, but it's just been underwhelming. And you look at some of the guys out there, you know, Mike McCarthy, sure, Adam Gase. There's some big coaches in college. So uh, to see some of these guys outside of Arians get a new head coaching job, it's just – I feel like people look down upon, you know, Chris Richard, Brian Flores, and maybe uh, the outside media doesn't quite see them as these flashy candidates. But when you look at what the other teams did, I'd feel a lot better with a guy like Brian Flores, who, I mean, he's been with New England for 14 years. So, I mean, if there's any franchise you want to mimic, I think that would be New England. Their time has to be coming to an end. So it'd be pretty cool to get Brian Flores down there in Miami, you know, to try to usher out his old team and bring in a new one. Uh, Chris Richard, I mean, the Legion of boom, what he did there with Seattle uh, three years as a defensive coordinator there. They had top five defenses in two of those seasons. He's a guy who a lot of fans want. I mean, I saw him mic'd up earlier today and this dude has crazy emotion and, they're doing a, a walkthrough in practice. I mean, so I think what he could do to that secondary, like Sutton said, what he could do that defense is an overall gets me more excited than maybe a Brian Flores, but a lot of us, these guys are uncertainties. We don't know a ton about them. So, I mean, much like Adam Gase. I mean, he was that high profile name, that offensive guru, but we just kind of got a weather expectations and just know that this is going to be a process. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to be as bad as some of these pundits are saying because, you know, you see teams turn it around once a year, you know, they they have it off year and then they come back the next year and they're in the playoffs. So I don't think it's going to be as long as a rebuild as people are saying, but overall, I think it comes down. Like Sutton said, you got Richard and you got uh, Flores. And I think those are the two candidates with Rizzi having an outside chance.
0: So there's been a lot of chatter about interviews and, and so forth. And this episode is just going to be kind of talking about, you know, just throwing stuff out there back and forth. And I really just want to focus on Flores and um, Richard and and kind of throw a little Rizzi in there. But again, I think we all feel that Rizzi will not be a legitimate candidate for the head coaching position. I think Flores and Richard have impressed the Dolphins brass enough to narrow it down between the two of them. Out of respect, it is Rizzi in there. Uh, if Rizzy was not the special teams coordinator for so many years in that building and has done so much for the organization, then I doubt, highly doubt he'd be even in the mix. But in terms of getting him experience of a head coach interview, to let him run through that process, to get everything prepared, and to hopefully possibly get him in line for future head coach interview opportunities, the Dolphins and he should be working together on that and maybe they've already established that, you know, realistically, he doesn't have a shot at the job. Maybe they've left it wide open. Time will tell, but I, I, just from what we've heard, it looks like it's Richard and Flores. Now I just want to run over a few interview rules because the dolphins already interviewed Brian Flores during the Patriots by week. They interviewed Chris Richard the day after the Cowboys defeated the Seahawks. It's the Dolphins' best interest. It will mean it's always the Dolphins' best interest for the Patriots to lose, but especially this weekend. It's in their best interest for the Patriots to lose to the Chargers when they play them this weekend at Gillette Stadium. The Patriots will play the Chargers on Sunday at one o five. The Cowboys will play on Saturday against the Rams at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time all times. So it's in the Dolphins' best interest for these two teams to lose so they can get another shot to interview these candidates. Because here's what's going to happen. The Dolphins cannot... If the Cowboys and or Patriots win on, on this weekend, the Dolphins cannot talk to that coach of that team until after the conference championship game. So if the Patriots win this weekend, they cannot talk to Brian Flores until after the conference championship game. If the Cowboys win, they cannot talk to Chris Richard until after the conference championship game because of NFL rules. Another twist in that is that they must interview the candidate the week after the conference championship game if they advance to the Super Bowl. So let's say the Cowboys and the Patriots, it's the Cowboys and Patriots in the Super Bowl. The Dolphins would not be able to interview them once the teams get on the Super Bowl site. So it has to be done in the week after the conference championship game. But to make things even more complicated, if those teams advance to the Super Bowl, the Dolphins need to once again. Request permission to schedule a second interview. Now, these organizations can say, no, we're not going to grant an interview because they have a Super Bowl to focus on and we want to get them fully prepared for that. And taking time away from them so they can prepare for this interview is detrimental to the team. I could totally see the Patriots doing that. I could totally see the Cowboys doing that. That's why it's in the best interest for the Dolphins for these two teams to lose this weekend. And if one of them wins or both of them win, then the Dolphins better hope that they do not advance to the Super Bowl because we could be sitting here the week after the conference championship game if it's the Cowboys versus Patriots in the Super Bowl, and without the team's granted permission, the Dolphins will be left with Darren Rizzi unless they decide to fall back on someone like Eric Biennemi. Now, again, there could be a surprise candidate in the works that we don't know about, maybe a college coach, which doesn't get out there until the deal is close, so not to impact recruiting. Could also be the trade situation with John Harbaugh with Baltimore, but that seems less likely due to the compensation that would be required. So I just want to start off with Brian Flores, Sutton and how it's the New England Patriots de facto defensive coordinator He's really a linebackers coach, but is really running the defense just without the title. He is just one year on that job. He calls all the plays for the Patriots defense, and he is just 37 years old. So he has a lot of experience in the NFL. He worked his way up the ladder starting back in, I believe, 1995 with the Patriots as a scout, and then just working up the coaching ladder from there. You can never really know with the Patriots' coaches, as we've seen many of Belichick's trees, so to speak, coaching trees, just falter and fail. Romeo Cornell, Charlie Weiss, Josh McDaniels, Verdict: is still on Matt Patricia, but usually anyone coaching under Bill Belichick does not go on to find success on their own. So Sutton, and how's your initial thoughts on Brian
2: Flores? For me, Brian Flores I means an interesting candidate. Like you said, those guys from the New England tree—they don't always quite work out. But you just got to think this could be different. He's been there for 14 years. He knows the way the franchise is run. Hopefully knows what works. Defense up there in New England has been pretty good for the better part of the last decade, so uh, I'm intrigued by it. But I think Chris Richard's going to ultimately be many people's favorite candidate, and we're going to talk about him a little bit. But overall, Brian Flores, I, I feel like he's an unknown commodity, and that's what scares fans. After the Adam Gase thing, you know, you see him; he's not the defensive coordinator, but he is the defense coordinator. You know, so it's it's interesting to see the way these fans are going to take on a Brian Flores signing if it does happen. Real quickly, Harbaugh, the trade doesn't look like it's going to happen. Hopefully, maybe a college coach emerges, but ultimately it's down to Chris Richard and and Flores. And I think uh, what Flores does there in New England, I I think he calls pretty good plays, and he's got those linebackers year in and year out being one of the better units in the NFL. So it'll be nice to see a defensive-minded coach coming down here after seeing so many of these offensive coordinators fail to become
3: head coaches in Miami top five in turnovers, so you have to like that. I'm firm believer that the future of NFL defense is going to be a turnover model, so New England being able to generate those turnovers certainly helps that team. Seventh in scoring, not so great yardage-wise. Couple that with some of the coordinators that we've seen it just seems like Josh McDaniels is a better offensive co- coordinator than Brian Flores is a defensive coordinator just an, it and sounds right. like
0: Matt Burke there for a second no I don't know man like up towards the top of the league and turnovers but not so great with yardage allowed and points and all that
2: well
3: better better with there, there's only me. one
2: there's only one Matt Burke and he sucks <laughs> yeah
3: but he goes hiking with gorillas. Remember, no, I, remember
2: when we used to do those impressions? Yeah. we
3: If you did that again, that that would be amazing. But that was just such a, what did he do? Like clip. He had some hairs in his, um in his fanny pack.
0: Yeah. That guy's, that guy's nuts. <laughs> I mean, he, he's fun anyway, so I don't want to spend too much time on that dude. Cause I think all the dolphins fans are just done with him. Here's a legitimate question. Well,
3: no. Here's here one last thing. Here's what I'll say about um, Brian Flores: is I hope that we are able to interview him. I hope he has the first second interview because that means that the Patriots have lost to the Chargers and the Chargers are going on to the AFC Championship game. And I really do think that could happen this weekend. This is not your ordinary finesse Chargers team, and this is a team that just they just played a. What seven defensive backs for over ninety percent of their snaps? Genius. So they Genius game plan. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I think that they could scheme them very easily. So we'll see what happens.
0: Here's what I want to say: If Brian Flores was not on the New England Patriots, and he was an assistant coach anywhere else in the league, would Dolphins fans be saying the same things about him right now? I think a lot of the trepidation that we're experiencing as Dolphins fans and looking at Brian Flores as a possibility of being a head coach in Miami. is the fact that he served under Bill Belichick, despite his credentials being as good or on pace with other people who have either been considered this offseason or who have gotten head coaching positions in the past. I mean, you look at the green Bay Packers hiring Matt LaFleur. When you look at what he's done in the NFL, yes, he's rose through the ranks starting off as an offensive quality control for the Texans and moving to the Redskins as a, quarterbacks coach working with Sean McVay as tight ends coach working under Mike Shanahan, then moving on to the Los Angeles Rams with Sean McVay, then moving on to the Tennessee Titans. The guy was a quarterback's coach for several years. Also, he worked with the Falcons as well as a quarterback's coach. He was a quarterback's coach for so many years, was an offensive coordinator, but didn't call plays for one year and then called plays as an offensive coordinator for another year. His uh, offense was ranked 20th in, in DVOA and but he struggled with quarterback injuries throughout the entire season. So you don't really get a good look at who he is, but the Packers go out and hire this guy. When you look at the defensive side of it, Brian Flores is probably the same situation in there. When you look at who the Arizona Cardinals hired and cliff Kingsbury, the guy has zero NFL head coaching experience. Yet there's people going crazy about this hire saying he is the next offensive genius. He's the next Sean McVay dude got fired from Texas tech. He gets credit for developing Pat Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, but he didn't really see them take off because he was gone. He goes to USC as an offensive coordinator. They refused to let him interview. Supposedly he resigned. We don't really know the whole story behind that. Goes to the Jets. They knew they didn't have a shot at him. Then goes to the Cardinals, gets the job the same day. So zero NFL head coaching experience, but gets a job. But we're sitting here throwing out the credentials for a guy like Brian Flores, who's worked his way up the ladder in the NFL, started off as a scout in the scouting department, became a coach, and now the defensive coordinator for the Patriots under Bill Belichick, and we're all sitting here saying, well, this guy doesn't deserve to be a head coach. I'm having a little trouble understanding that. Yeah,
3: I was, I was just going to mention that, the fact that he started off as a scout. That's a that's a plus for me. I, I haven't... Um, I'm obviously, head coaches know football players and whatnot and know how to break down film, but... I mean to have that kind of comprehensive look at football, to be able to see things from different angles, I think would suit him. That's why I thought maybe Tannenbaum taken a year, was it a year or two off and he was a sports agent and then yeah. came back to the, to the NFL. I thought maybe that was a growing experience. Yeah, for him. Yeah, clearly yeah. that didn't work out, yeah. but uh, you know, maybe, maybe in this scenario, having those few years of scouting and then coming over and being able to coach. I mean, that's, that's an interesting mind. I think we can agree on that.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's what also appeals to Chris Greer as well is the fact that Brian Flores was once a scout because we know Chris Greer is full and full, full and through a a scout, an NFL guy, a football guy. And, And I think that's what kind of draws him to someone like Brian Flores, but you know, Brian Flores is not my first choice. Chris Richard is my first choice just seeing the passion and the energy that Richard brings. And we're going to get to him in a second, but you know, just talking through this right now, I'm just having trouble understanding this entire head coaching cycle. You look at guys like Freddie kitchens, for example, we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday night. The Freddie kitchens news may be already announced by the time you listen to this, but he's in line to become the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns. The guy has never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL, except for mid part of this season. We don't know what qualities he can bring as a head coach. We all know being a coordinator is way different than being a head coach. But we're sitting here, again, knocking Brian Flores, and not us necessarily, but a lot of the Dolphins uh, fans out there on social media, on the message boards, and everywhere else. I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head through this.
2: You know, and I think you guys touched on something that was interesting. You know, he's a, he was a scout when he first came up in New England, but you look at what he did on, as a coach. I mean, I think he was special teams offensive assistant, defensive assistant, safeties, linebackers. So he's coached all throughout the team. And I think that's something that's going to be valuable, you know, when he does become a head coach because he sees things from that perspective or this perspective. He's a scout. He, he sees those things. Uh, it's just one of those things you touched on it. New England coaches never go elsewhere and have success. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking down upon this He's an unknown commodity, but he's 37, so he has room to become, you know, one of the better coaches in the league if he if he learns something from all those coaches that he's been behind. So it's he's a well rounded candidate, and I think we need to believe in. I think we need to take him a little bit more serious than many people are because I think any day the news could come out that he's the guy. As we heard some of these beat writers, uh, you know, he he was the guy for someone in that interview. He he was Chris Richards was for, you know, the other side of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. And I think Brian Flores is absolutely uh, just as much in this as Chris Richard.
3: And how poetic would it be in the dusk of the Patriots dynasty to have a former Patriots coach be able to, you know, scheme and game plan for the Patriots and be the one to to throw the, the last knockout punch? That would be so cool. That would be fun.
0: Um, yeah, and you know how it's – you're right, the Bill Belichick coaching tree. That's what everyone's scared about, right? That's why everyone's pointing to Brian Flores is not the guy. But we all know there's always outliers. And let's just take a look at Bill Belichick's coaching tree. So you got Belichick. Under him, we all know Nick Saban, right? So Nick Saban has been successful. Wasn't successful in a stint in the NFL, but has been wildly successful at Alabama. We mentioned Charlie Weiss earlier, who failed miserably in college um, and has not really made his way back to the NFL. We talk about Romeo Cronell, right? But then you look at other guys, right? And if you really want to go deep into the uh, Bill Belichick coaching tree, let's, let's take a look here. We've said Nick Saban. Under Nick Saban is Jason Garrett and, of course, Adam Gase. Um you go from Bill Belichick to Bill O'Brien, and I want to come back to Bill O'Brien in a second, but then Matt Patricia as well, and then under Bill O'Brien is Mike Vrabel. You also have connected to Belichick, but not directly under Belichick, guys like Sean Payton, who are under Bill Parcells, and Bill Belichick is under the Parcells umbrella, Todd Bowles. You have a guy like Doug Marone. Mike Zimmer and Anthony Lynn. So there are some success stories there. It's not like it's all bad and there are outlier factors. Bill O'Brien, I I just want to mention him because he went to college first and then he came back to the NFL. So he was able to get that experience as a college coach and be successful there and then adjust things as he came to the NFL and got his feet set in Houston. So I also don't want to just sit here and discount the Belichick coaching tree as well because there have been success stories from there. But there have been more misses than hits, unfortunately.
2: Any last words on Flores?
3: Nope, I think we dug
2: deep there. Agreed. And I I do hate the whole thing, you know, he's a New England coach. He's not going to have success. It's just like when you hear about a quarterback, you know, Dwayne Haskins isn't going to succeed because he went to Ohio State. Things like that are ridiculous, and I, I hate to hear that kind of stuff.
0: I don't understand all of that, unfortunately. But it is what it is. It's just but lazy
3: generaliz- generalizations. We see that all the time in sports media. So it's. Yeah.
2: Yeah. May- Mayfield was Johnny Manziel, right? That's what everyone was yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. We're done. I'm sorry. That's
0: okay. <laughs> but, someone, but someone everyone else is getting pumped up about is Chris Rashard from the Dallas Cowboys. Chris Rashard's entire career almost was with Pete Carroll, played at the University of Southern California under Pete Carroll. Then. um played for the dolphins for didn't even play for the dolphins was just on the team for a few short months when he got drafted into the NFL coached with Pete Carroll on the Seahawks for several years, moving his way up the ranks. And then finally uh, they parted ways and there's still some scuttlebutt about that as to why he got fired. But the latest is that Pete Carroll and him didn't agree on the philosophy. Pete Carroll is a guy who likes to play it safe and not get beat deep. Chris Richard, is a guy who likes to be aggressive at the line. So, you know, Richard coming out of USC, playing for the Seahawks from 2002 to 2004. Then uh, being traded to the Dolphins in 2005, then signed by the 49ers later that season then the Oakland Raiders in 2007 before retiring, then hired in 2008 by Pete Carroll as a graduate assistant for USC. Then following Pete Carroll to the NFL as secondary coach, overseeing the legendary Legion of boom. And then, after losing Super Bowl, uh, the Seahawks promoted Richard to the defensive coordinator to replace Dan Quinn, who left to become the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And then, as I just mentioned, on January twenty second, 2018, this past season, he was hired to be the Dallas Cowboys as their defensive backs coach, but really the de facto defensive coordinator as he calls all the plays on Sundays and installs a lot of the game plan alongside Rod Marinelli. Interesting tidbit reported by Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald. Adam Gase actually reached out to Richard after the season, to ask him to come to Miami as a defensive coordinator, Rashard declined. He will get his chance to come back to Miami, hopefully. But you look at videos of Rashard and the passion, the way he commands the camera, the way he talks to the players, to others, it's just very its magnetic. It reminds me of Dan Campbell, except here's a guy who knows his ex and his nose. reminds me of the passion of Darren Rizzi, but a guy who's great on one side of the ball. I really don't think on the surface you can go wrong with Chris Rashard. Obviously, no one knows how a head coach is going to do in the NFL when they get to that position. But to me, it seems he is the most qualified out of the coaches the Dolphins actually interviewed. And that includes Eric Bieniemy. And that includes Dennis Allen. If they had talked to Vic Fangio, that may have changed things a little bit, but they're not talking to him. So for me, Rashard is the clear-cut first-place top candidate that I want the Dolphins to hire floors would be second. Rizzy would be third Houts, I know you're a big fan of Chris Richard. So I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on him.
3: He's our Chris Richard guru on FinSider radio. I think we all like Chris Richard, but
2: uh, it's interesting. You say that Adam Gase, you know, reached out to him to be the defense coordinator because we're, it's not that we can sit here and say convincingly, but there's a good chance the season could have been a little different if, you know, Matt Burke wasn't in there and Chris Richard was the defense coordinator. So uh, that's a little fun fact there. But for me, I think he's a guy who he had success in Seattle. He called the plays. He calls the plays now. What he's done to Dallas's defense is extraordinary compared to what we saw last season from them. So he, he's a guy who, like you said, he's vocal. He goes out there and shows emotion, and he's a former player. I, I know Sutton talked about it. I talked about it as well. He he was traded to the Dolphins. Or he was, yeah, he was traded to the Dolphins in 2005. He never played a game, but he, he was a Miami Dolphin, so – Come back home, Chris Richard. Hopefully, you know, Dallas loses this weekend because no one wants to see Dallas win. Hopefully they lose, and that allows the doors to open up. I like bringing in a Pete Carroll head coach, a guy who learned under him, now learning with Jason Garrett. I think the staff that he could bring in, obviously it's vital, but, you know, a guy like Darren Bevel or maybe he lure Scott Linehan back to Miami, whatever it may be, I, I like Chris Richard. I think he's going to bring a lot of uh, knowledge to a young defense who have all these core players that, you know, like a Ray Call McMillan, Jerome Baker, uh, Vincent Godshall, you know, you you got these, sorry, Vincent Taylor, Devon Godchall. you got these young players who, you know, could reach a new plateau with a coach like Chris Richard. So I like that. I like to see what he could do with tank, what he could do with Xavier and Howard, Aminka, Rashad Jones. It's just going to be exciting to see an attacking defense, something that we haven't seen in Miami. So that's why I'm fully behind Chris Richard, Brian Flores. I think I kind of talked myself into him throughout this episode. I mean, what he's, ton and what he's learned from a organization who's been at the top of its game. It's definitely intriguing, but for me, Chris Richard all the way.
3: I agree 100% with you, Howitz. I'm Chris Richard fan. I've also talked myself into Brian Flores through the show. You just like that there's more pieces on our defense than they're on offense right now, so I think uh, Chris Richard would put our guys in some – strength-based position, so we're going to be using guys a little bit better than what Matt Burke used some guys. We shouldn't be playing Rashad Jones in a free safety role. I'm sorry. I don't care how many injuries are out there. That's not where Rashad Jones is strong. So I believe that Chris Rashad would put our guys in positions to make some plays. The question would become, Will the defense get enough pieces? And from what I've seen, usually a first-year head coach gets some pieces to play with in their first draft. The couple drafts after that are a little bit more of a mixed bag and based on needs that that pop up and stuff like that. But first draft, that first coach usually gets some pieces to play with. So presumably, we might get some more pieces on defense through the draft and might be looking at offense through free agency. But that's down the road. But I I really do think Chris Richard is our number one option at this point. Again, like I said earlier in the show, he's a young, talented man who would get his first head coaching gig. And, um, you know, even if he finds himself in a very awkward sort of tanking situation, which I'm not buying that. I'm just kind of throwing this out there just for people to work through their logic with this, that he would still be okay in terms of being a coach going forward. This wouldn't like, this wouldn't end his career or anything like that. So I think it would just be a good learning opportunity. And, and why not if you're Chris Richard and you get this opportunity, why not try to make some chicken salad out of chicken crap? And what better way to announce that you have arrived in the NFL? And how you said it earlier, worst to first all the time. I'm not ruling anything out.
0: You cannot rule anything out in today's NFL. We've all seen the turnarounds happen, especially with the Miami Dolphins, who won just one game the year before Tony Soprano took them to the AFC playoffs. Wild card game. Yes, you can say Chad Pennington dropped in your lap, but it is more than just a quarterback, as we all know. Quick notes on Chris Richard in his first year as defensive coordinator for the Seahawks. He led them to their second ranked defense in 2016 and 2017. He led them to fifth and 11th ranked defense overall, respectively. In 2017, when he was relieved of his duties, joined, joined the Cowboys and his impact has been greatly felt in Dallas as they went from 11th overall ranked defense to seventh overall ranked defense. Sean Lee Cowboys linebacker said this to the Dallas morning news about Rashard, the combination of understanding X's and O's how offenses attack little details when it comes to whether it's a split in the offense or an alignment or a concept they like to run, then giving you so much information on how to play that. And then pairing it with technique. Lee said, he's just putting us in position to make plays and making us better football players. Rashard is a guy. And that was the end quote. Rashard is a guy who plays, who pays crazy attention to details. And while Adam Gase did the same for the offense, not quite sure he really cared about the defense much. And there were reports from players uh, after Gase got fired that said Gase got too emotional during games. And Richard is a very emotional guy. Was well, There's a difference between being emotional and in the moment of the game versus being emotional because of the game, if that makes any kind of sense. So Adam Gase got emotional because a certain play call may not have worked or a certain play call was not run the way he wanted it to. And Adam Gase let that carry over for the entire driver for a good part of the remaining offensive drive for the Dolphins that were mostly three and out. So he didn't have much time to be upset. But they said that was one of their complaints about him is that he was too up and down and they wish he was a little more even keeled. Now, Rashard, is passionate and emotional because of the moment in the game? And when that happens, if you've ever coached a sport at any level, you get emotional, you get excited, you get pissed, you get whatever, but you're usually able to shake it off pretty quickly, right? Because you're feeling the game and you're feeling the moment. And I feel like even with Joe Philbin, you didn't feel he wasn't feeling the moment. Adam Gase never felt like he understood what the moment was and can never feel the game. The best coaches, the best players have the instincts to feel the game. I don't know enough about Brian Flores. I haven't seen enough video of him interacting with his players because he's relatively new rising up the ranks, but we've seen it with Richard. and I just not goosebumps, but you are just ready to run through a wall, listening to this guy, talk to his players, listening to this guy, just talk in general, the way he commands it's just I feel like there's something special there about him. So with Richard and with Flores, we come to Rizzi. But again, we saw the players endorsing him. That was all great. That was unprecedented. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that before. I don't think it's the last time we'll see it, though, in the age of social media. As we see these new players come into the league and as they go through these coaching changes, technology is different these days. I think we're going to see more of it moving forward. But I'm not going to lie. That amount of support that came out for Rizzy was very cool to see, it and good for Rizzy to have that much support.
3: What about what about this? I want to throw this out there. I should be working for the Dolphins PR team for what I'm about to suggest. Yeah, me too. They won't hire me though.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. Me three.
3: Could could you not see Darren Rizzy maybe not get in the head coaching position? But considering the different coaching staffs that he's been with, don't you think that it's a possibility that he might get a promotion to like defensive coordinator? Cause he did before he was a head coach. That was his platform was defensive coordinator. Any chance that a defensive minded coach like Chris Richard or Brian Flores, who comes in here, who's likely going to be taking on more the defensive side of things, let's be honest so couldn't it be kind of a promotion in a way, but um, but also respecting the outcry that everybody had for Rizzy?
0: I think you need to go to bed.
3: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm
0: kidding. It's not a bad thought, actually, right? It's not a terrible thought. And if it were to be with anyone, it would be like a guy with you know someone like Chris Richard, who is a defensive coach who can handle – Hopefully a lot of the defensive stuff that goes with it and can be there to support a guy like Rizzy as he learns a little bit and to kind of assist there. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's smart. It'd be smart for Rizzi, right? To go into that coordinator role, to get experience, move up the ladder. I just don't know if a first time head coach like Richard would be comfortable to do that, especially because they don't have much of a history together.
2: I do think it's intriguing. I can't believe the outpour from, players and former players for Rizzy supporting him. It's interesting to see what he can bring to the table, what he might tell Chris Green, Steven Ross that he can do for this franchise moving forward. Uh, One thought, though, if Brian Flores and Chris Richard are neck and neck and one will keep Darren Rizzy, one would think they would be the favorite for the job, correct?
0: You would think so, yeah.
2: Do do you think it would come down to that? Because I was thinking about that and you just don't know if, you know, maybe Flores won't and Richard will or vice versa or you know if that's the deciding factor between these two candidates they both love it, it would be interesting to see how
3: that plays out yeah and if you're Darren Rizzi and you had that many people speaking up for you and you'd be pissed in a coordinator job like would you be kind of, yeah could you be pissed about it On, honestly i think you probably could but then again Darren Rizzi kind of, he's almost like a college coach in the sense he's been with Miami for so long i don't know If he wants to go anywhere else. So, yeah, where does, where's Darren Rizzi's motivation lie? Does, you know, it's hard to tell, obviously.
0: It it is hard to tell, and you won't really know until it all plays out. We don't know how much pride he has. Um, He's been here with so many coaches, right? And then you got some fans who say that get rid of Rizzi too because he's part of the old regime. He's part of all the failures over the years. Just bring in a whole new staff, man. It will just feel like a house cleaning, right? I think that's Not a load like, of
3: crap, though. I do too. There's a reason know. that Rizzi has stayed through multiple staffs is because he's a pretty darn good special teams coach.
0: Right. I agree with that. But at the end of the day, I don't think Rizzi has a legitimate shot at getting this coaching job.
3: You just wonder what kind of backdoor agreements are made with some of these conversations, because I'm sure it's a lot different than what fans think are actually discussed in these meetings i'm just like i feel like most fans would probably picture like a gruden quarterback camp but just uh an interview team with a coach and you're just like going over like schematics and stuff like that i really don't think that's how these interviews go i think it's a lot more um how would i put it just like peeling back the curtains like hey this is what's going to happen you're either you can either do this or you can't.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I don't think it's, I mean, it's serious, but I don't think they get into like firing squad questions and, you know, think of your interviews that you went on for your own personal lives and you sit there and you answer questions. I think it's more of a conversation piece and really getting to know somebody and
2: getting to know them really well. And anyone else think we're going to see a surprise, uh candidate surface in the next few days? Do you, do we you could. think? We Cause, could. Cause you sit here and you see these guys are interviewing. They're all guys who are, Currently in the playoffs, aside from Munchek, who they wanted. But, you know, they're kind of keeping quiet. They're laying low. You don't wonder if they're they're reaching out to someone behind back doors.
0: Yeah. I don't know. We could.
2: Time will tell. We will see.
0: The Miami Dolphins not scheduled to interview Darren Rizzi until later this week. Then they will hopefully be able to get a chance to interview Chris Richard and or Brian Flores again, hopefully after their teams lose This weekend, otherwise, if one or both of them win, they cannot interview them again until after the conference championship game, whether or not the Cowboys and or the Patriots win or lose that conference championship game. We'll see which direction the Miami Dolphins go in. We'll, of course, be back with you whenever we come back on the air with the latest coaching updates. And as we move forward, as they fill out their staffs, we'll get a better idea of what kind of players this squad might be looking for in the upcoming season. And that's when we get into free agency and draft talk. And that's when it's going to get really interesting as the Dolphins try to rebuild this team and build a sustainable winner. Any last thoughts? How's your Sutton?
3: Go Chargers.
0: Yeah, F, F the Pats. All right. There you have it. For Josh Houtz and Aaron Sutton, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We will talk to you next time.